Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Broadcasting from the Annie Up studio, it's the longest running poker podcast for the everyday poker player with your host, Joe Scales. Hello, A-Team. It's Friday, August 4th. The magazine is out, and obviously now the podcast is out. It's time to breathe for just a minute before I jump into the next one. I actually mentioned this in the Under the Gun section of the magazine, but I think it's worth mentioning here too. The tournament guarantees and entry records falling at an incredible pace have nothing on the digital version of Any Up Magazine. We are crushing numbers as well. Since the relaunch, we have had over 600% growth from that April issue. And that's a credit to you guys. So I'm so humbled by all of that. This month, Lon McCarran and Norman Chad donned the cover, and they did not disappoint. Part of the interview is in our How You Running segment this week of the podcast, but the full interview is in the magazine for you guys. Also, I promised last week that I was going to mention Papes, and I didn't get it in. Now, we're closer to a game, so I want to make sure to get a shout-out to everyone that's been playing. For those that are new to the podcast, let me explain. Papes is a play money home game on Poker Stars. It's played on any days that end in six each month. That means the sixth, the 16th, the 26th of each month. There are a variety of games played, which is my favorite part. It's not just hold them all the time. Then at the end of the season, there's a player of the year. So here's what I would say, because I'm guilty of this as well. I'll remember that Papes is coming up, then I get busy and don't play. So register ahead of time instead of the day of. Then in the show description, I'll have a link that will actually give you access to the calendar dates and you can import those into your calendar to remind you. I never needed all this before, but either I'm too busy or I'm too old. I'm not sure which. (laughs) All of that said, I also want to give a special shout out to John Somsky, who has kept the game running and updated the points after each game. It's a task, and I don't mention it enough on here, but I do appreciate your efforts, John. I haven't had a chance to meet you, but I hope I'm able to change that at some point as well. Okay, that's all I really have, so let's get on with the show. Find out what conversations are happening around the poker table with Table Talk. We are back around the poker table with Elle. Hey, Elle. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I am fantastic. But first and foremost, I do want to give a huge shout out to our Table Talk sponsor, Rockford Rockford Charitable Charitable Games. (laughs) Uh, I'm actually, I'm going to be in in Chicago at the beginning of September, and I'm looking forward to meeting 
Jim Senior, Jim Junior, Ashley, and the whole team because it takes a whole crew of people to put that show on. It really does. Uh, and they do awesome, 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 awesome work. They have to set up tables and take them down in a different location all the time. It's uh, They do a great job making sure that their charities get what they need. So huge, huge shout out to them. As and, well, I also, sorry to interrupt you, but as well, I also want to give a huge shout out to the Annie Up uh, Nation that showed up over 50 strong, I think, at the Annie Up Free Roll. Um, yeah. Be sure to check out their website. You can get there via our website or our magazine or even the link below uh, in the description of the podcast to check out what's going on. I think they've got a couple other things that are happening this week, right? Yes. Yeah. They've got something really cool going on right now with some single table satellites for the MSPT. Oh, cool. Uh, the MSPT is going to be coming to Ameristar Casino in East Chicago. Uh, okay. So they're running $150 buy-in single table satellites. And nice. yeah. And if it's a full table, meaning 10 players, then the winner gets, basically you get $1,250, which would be your buy-in to the tournament, the MSPT tournament plus gas money. So you can't, nice. you can't beat that. And then, then you have the opportunity to spend that $150 into something even bigger at the MSPT event. Yeah. That's what happens when you bet on better. That's right. For sure. That's so, right. So um, we, we also would just love to hear from other listeners around the United States or even the world. If you have charity events happening in your area, please let us know and um, send, shoot us an email to podcast at AnnieUpMagazine.com because we would love to give those a shout out as much as we possibly can or even partner with some of those organizations to uh, get their in, um, entries up and moving and, and those charities, the donations that help them um, do their best work throughout the year. That is one of our... Favorite things to do. We love to bet on better. It sure is. It sure is. And and also, uh, speaking of sending emails, I did get one email from a person that reached out with a suggestion for us to do while we're in Baton Rouge later. And because... Oh, yeah. Uh, Who's that from? I remember you mentioning, but I forgot, I forgot their yeah, name. Yeah. Braden Marshall. They, oh, cool. uh, they have... Cool. I guess I, I don't know if they've they live there or if the Braden if you can send me another email because I, I I'm not sure if you live there or if you've just been there numerous times but uh, they said that there are a lot of really cool murals and street art all over town oh. that we should we should search out nice well Braden something you didn't know about myself is um, I was a an art teacher for twelve years both nationally here in the United States and internationally um, abroad in United Arab Emirates, in Italy, and also in Norway. So street art is a favorite of mine, <laughs> and I'm super looking forward to finding those locations that you sent to us. We'll be back in touch. Thanks so much for giving us that suggestion. Um, anybody else has suggestions of food or music? We love the food and music scene as well. Absolutely, yeah. You know, We've talked about the World Series of Poker smashing records, right? Right. The trend continues as after that huge field at the main event in Vegas, the first WSOP circuit event this year obliterated the million-dollar guarantee. Uh, 
Get out. Their final prize was over $1.5 million. Oh, my gosh. Um, I, I mean, it made for some really long play, I'm sure, for the day ones. But eventually, it was mm-hmm. a college soccer player for uh, SMU. He was barely old enough to even get into the casino. And... <laughs> <laughs> And he bested the field of 1,026, taking home a pretty good chunk of change, uh, $275,660 from his $1,700 buy-in. Nice. So So college student by day, soccer player by probably morning or evening, poker player by night. Yeah. Is on a break. He's probably doing his summer conditioning in Texas and thinking – I got to get out of this heat and I really love playing poker. So way to go. <laughs> yeah. Man. He just wandered way in. He just wandered in and was like, man, this air conditioning feels good. <laughs> I think I'll sit right. down at this tournament and, uh, and, take the whole <laughs> and just knock out everybody. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Way to go, dude. Proud of you. Also good luck in your upcoming season. Yeah, absolutely. Now, now the next circuit events already started uh, near us in Cherokee, actually. Uh, oh yeah, North Carolina. Yeah, right so, on. Some of our friends are there. Absolutely, yeah. Event number one started today, um, which is okay. August third. By the way, we're we're recording this on Thursday, so they have a couple of four hundred dollar buy in events today. One of them is a single day tournament. The other one's multiple days. So that's that's good. We'll get some reports from the, our friends that are down there and see how they're doing. Uh, Mike, if you're listening, uh, the seniors event is the sixth. <laughs> it's it's also a four hundred dollar buy in, so there you go. You can get into that. I'm uh, I, I'm not quite there yet. I don't I don't qualify yet. <laughs> Be careful because you do have a big birthday coming up this month. That that so. is true. Careful, careful how you joke with others. Though. You're on your way. <laughs> you're well on your way. That's that is fair. <laughs> Um, also speaking of well on our way, we've been working really hard on the magazine release here. So in case you guys have not already checked it out, the cover this month is some well-known names, uh, and voices. If I might add, if you don't know their name, you will know their voice. That's true because they are the mainstays of, and voices of the World Series of Poker, Lon McCarran and Norman Chad. They're going to kind of recap the World Series of Poker this year and years past. And mm-hmm. I mean, I had a blast doing that interview. It was. So- I can hear you having a blast doing <laughs> that interview. So I, I can attest to that. Uh, if you're listening and you haven't checked out the magazine, be sure to head over to our website and um, look at that digital magazine, give it a download. And uh, you'll get the full detail and interview there. Super fun to hear what it's like from the booth. They've been doing this for 20 years. (laughs) So they had lots of really exciting things to share with us. Uh, How they've seen the tournament and the game itself grow. Superstitions that come up. um, You know, and then also things that they like to do. Uh, You'll get a little glimpse into how they like to play poker. And of course, they bring their own flavor to that interview as well. So highly recommend not a read and a listen. Yep. So if you haven't checked out the magazine yet, then um, first of all, where have you been? 
Second, <laughs> second of all, um, yeah, I did. You know, we, we've got uh, audio and video of the interview in there, so uh, be sure to check that out. It's it was definitely fun. They're so easy to, to talk to, and and we had a lot of fun. So. Yeah, and they're also giving you a couple of pointers because you you are going to be announcing your very first uh, live stream event. So uh, looking forward to that too. Yeah, yeah, they did. Lots of really great things going on this week. So if you're in the Chicago area, check out Rockford Charitable Games. Let us know if you have some things where any other listeners can bet on better. Please send us emails about things to do in New Orleans and Baton Rouge. We would love to hear that. And uh, be sure to check out the magazine. We'll see you around the tables next week. Sounds good. Thanks, El. Thank you. Now it's time for Call the Floor with Elliot Schechter. Elliot Schechter is the poker room manager for Rivers Casino in Schenectady, New York. He joins us each week to say how he would rule in situations that come up in your games. And he's with me again this week. Elliot, how are you? Hello, Joe. Things are going great. <laughs> I know it's been a super crazy week. We both have a lot going on. So let's just jump into this one. This call the floor is, it's interesting, but uh, it's also interesting by his name because it's sent in by Bruce Denny. And I know that there's a record producer named Denny Bruce, but, uh, and I only know that because I'm music nerd, but. Um, Denny Bruce sent this one in. No, Bruce Denny sent this one in. <laughs> he says, I was playing my weekly home game when a situation came up that started a particularly interesting discussion. Says, I'm in middle position and put four 1K chips in front of me without saying anything. It goes around and someone puts a 1K chip in to call the big blind not knowing I raised. Another player corrects her and says, it's now 4K. She pulls her chip back and folds. This game's pretty relaxed. Everyone there has been playing forever, so 90% of the time there aren't ever serious issues. Sometimes I feel like the game gets too loose with the rules, though. In this case, I'm not that worried about the play, I mentioned to her to just be careful of those things if you're playing in a casino because there you would be forced to put in the raise. That leads another player to say that my raise wasn't technically even valid because in order for a raise to be valid, you would need to say raise or it's just a call. Keep in mind, he says, that I threw out multiple chips, not just the one. He was saying that dealers let people get away with this, but technically it's not a legal raise unless you verbally say raise. The conversation went on through most of the night. We tried to employ Google for clarification on the rules, but he wasn't much help. Uh, <laughs> Mr. Google is a tough guy sometimes. Sometimes you just leave. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so basically this boils down to two questions. He says, if the player doesn't realize there is a raise and puts out enough chips to call the blinds without saying call, are they required to call the full raise? Or if they say call, does that change the ruling? And would I need to announce raise for it to be a true technical raise? So speaking of technicalities, that's actually 
technically three questions, but right. three questions is fine. We'll, we'll allow it. I'll be glad yeah. to answer all. Uh, first of all, I'm assuming this is a tournament. Otherwise, uh, uh, a 1,000 uh, big blind uh, cash game would be one of the biggest games underground I've ever heard of. <laughs> so let's answer the first one. What do we do with the player who didn't call the right amount? Rule 51 of the TDA. I'm assuming this is a tournament, so let's go with tournament rules. Uh, rule 51 is for binding declarations and undercalls in turn. So the rule states, a player undercalls by declaring or pushing out less than the call amount without first declaring call. An undercall is a mandatory full call if made in turn facing, one, any bet heads up, or two, the opening bet on any round multi-way. In other situations, tournament director's discretion applies. The opening bet is the first chip bet of each betting round. That's not a check. In blind games, the posted big blind is the pre-flop open bet. This rule governs when players must make a full call and when at TD's discretion, they may forfeit the amount of the intended under call and fold. So again, uh, the 4K was not the opening bet. 1K was the opening bet. Uh, in almost every situation, player C, who put in the 1,000 facing a 4,000 bet, is, is going to be required to make a full call or forfeit the short bet. Uh, they played in turn. They intended to do something. They didn't pay attention. Uh, poker is a visual game, and, and and players are supposed to know when it's their turn and how much the bet is. And if they have a question, they're supposed to speak up and not act without incomplete information. Uh, and if they do act, they're subject to uh, fair rulings based upon the rules we agreed on. So, yeah, if I'm rolling in this spot, there's some money in the pot. Uh, she's not getting a refund here. The blinds were posted. The person who put the raise in put it out in good faith. Everybody played in turn. Nobody broke a rule. Uh, she's got to pay attention here. Uh, player C is liable for at least uh, what she put in the pot. If she wants to fold and surrender, I would probably grant her that option, uh, seeing, especially since it's a home game. I, I'm assuming these are people who know each other for at least uh, a decent amount of time. Yeah, it's a pretty simple rule and a pretty simple interpretation. So you're saying leave the big blind in there, leave the thousand in there, but not necessarily responsible for the call of the 4K. Yeah, I would I would give her the option, a home game especially. I mean, it's easy to get distracted. But it was her turn to act and she acted. I, I'm not giving the chips back. Uh, right. Nobody else acted in, in bad faith. You got to pay attention. You're putting chips in the pot when it's your turn. Your chips are given to the pot. Right, uh, and it gets worse. I mean, if there were, if that four K was the opening bet, she's liable for the whole four K just by putting a chip in the pot. So, in this case, we're ruling as mercifully as we can while still enforcing uh, the player protection rules, which cover paying attention to the game around you. Right, and that all makes perfect sense. You know, rules are important; they're put there for a reason. I mean, I will say this, you know, this is not, obviously, this is not a World Series of Poker event. This is not a super high roller a tournament. This is not, you know, it, like you said, everybody's kind of relaxed here. So they're not, nobody, even even Bruce was saying, you know, in this case, he wasn't super worried about it, just kind of given some, some caution, which I think, in my opinion, this is a great place for people to learn those things. 
Absolutely. So I'm, I'm glad that it, it created that conversation. I'm glad that they were able to have that back and forth. And then I'm glad that they sent it in so that you could shed more light on how it would be handled in a casino setting. So Absolutely. thank you for that. All right. The second question, which was the declaration of raise. That is not a rule. It is a recommendation. Poker is a visual game. And while we absolutely beg and cajole the players to make their intentions clear by verbally stating what their action is, they don't have to speak up ever. And one of the primary rules is the bet speaks for itself. And in this case, it certainly did. Uh, the big blind was 1,000. And uh, our hero placed four 1K chips into the pot. That is a clear bet. There is right. nothing, nothing to tell us that this shouldn't have been a raise to 4,000. When you introduce a rule making the stating of raises mandatory, you are opening up the door to even more angle shots and not less. You are going to give people the opportunity of, of throwing chips at pots knowing full well they're never going to be liable for any of those chips. They can easily affect the action. If they silently put out a gigantic raise in a, in a game in which the, the stated house rule is all raises must be announced verbally, well, he's, getting, he's certainly getting the respect in a lot of cases of, of that raise without ever having to be on the hook for those chips. Right. There are some plans and some places where this might be a viable rule. I mean... There are plenty of bar poker leagues around the country where, uh, let's face it, bars are not quiet places. They're not libraries. The whole purpose right. of the bar league is to fill the bar up. The bar is full. The bar is loud. So announcing a raise in this spot, and especially in a lot of bar leagues, are, are hand-dealt. They're not uh, dealer-dealt. Right. Setting raise is probably not the worst idea. But a one-table or two-table home game where it's probably at most conversationally uh, loud, so not loud at all. Saying raise doesn't help. It only makes it easier for everybody on the button to throw chips at a pot and then get checked to on the flop every time. That's pretty <laughs> angle without ever having to risk the chips. So again, right. a mandatory announcement of raise is helpful, but it, it's not a it's not a good rule. It should never be enforced as a rule in, in most situations. So right. no, it's not mandatory. It's certainly not uh, in the TDA or in Robert's rules or in the World Series rules. We tell you, you're responsible for making your intentions clear. If you bet in a way that we have to read your mind, you're almost always going to be ruled against. We're going to make the same fair ruling all the time. If you, if you put in one chip, we're going to make it in almost every case. If it's the opening bet, your bet is that chip in a no limit game. If, if there's a, a if there's a big bet out there and you put an even bigger chip out there, you've called that bet. If if there's 600 in the pot and you put out a, a 10K chip and say six, we're making you bet 600, not 6,000. We're going we're gonna to do it the same way all the time. We're going to do it fairly, and we're going to do it as conservatively as possible. Once again, make your intentions clear. If you don't, you're subject to our whims, and we're going to interpret the rules in a way that's as conservative and as fair to as many people as possible, not considering you. <laughs> You're the one who <laughs> the unclear uh, bet. Uh, you put yourself in jeopardy of, of a tough decision. Uh, this was not that case. Uh, this was a simple bet. 
it speaks for itself in almost every situation. There's no problem here. Uh, enforcing a mandatory announcement of raise in a situation where it's not necessary. And again, I mean, what if you've, what if you've got players you need to accommodate? I mean, there's people who obviously don't speak the language of the game. They may not speak English. Uh, they may not be able to speak at all. <laughs> precisely. Whether they can hear or, or not, they may not be able to speak. So now you've got to make exceptions. No good can, can really come of enforcing that rule. I mean, there are certain things like bar leagues or, or you know, places where it's just exceptionally loud. But the World Series is in thousands of tables almost on top of each other. And, yeah, most players will say something because they know it's loud. Uh, but they don't have to, especially right. in a spot where they made their intentions very clear by placing uh, a lot of chips in the pot in one motion very clearly when it's their turn. Uh, the bet speaks for itself. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Elliot, I appreciate you clearing that up. And, uh, you know, like I said, this is this is a good opportunity for, for learning. And so – uh, I'm glad that, that that conversation went on and glad we have you to, to clear it up. So Glad to be here. Glad to do it. If anybody has a, another call the floor that they would like Elliot to break down, send it to podcast at com. And Elliot, we'll talk again next week. Looking forward to it. Talk to you then. Let's break it down with Hand of the Week. Back with another hand of the week with Patrick. How you doing, man? Joe, I am good, man. How are you? I'm good. The weather dried up. We had quite the monsoon come through here. Yeah, it was crazy. It was nuts, and it was so hot. I actually made a comment to my wife yesterday. After two full weeks of thunderstorms, rain, and ninety-four degrees to ninety-nine <laughs> degrees, this whole eighty-five is just no sweat. I'm like, we're good to go. I'm good. Right? <laughs> exactly. We have a fun hand of the week this week. It's sent in by Matt Hayward. And Matt sent in a hand of the week before. This is our friend from uh, Australia. Down under. I love it. That's All right. right. <laughs> what's, what's Matt playing? So Matt is playing online. So change your thinking uh, a little bit. One? All right. Change your thinking a little bit. Um, he's playing two cent, five cent, but he's playing PLO. Oh. Yo. <laughs> See, this is where you're going to test the novice. All right. That's right. That's All right. All right. So not only is the pot size going to be a little different, but you're going to have to play a PLO hand, not a hold'em hand. So yeah. you got to get that brain working now. We can do that. Matt, <laughs> I appreciate you putting us on our toes. So, you know, keep us, keep, at least myself, keep me going. So, All right. All right. So, so we're two cent, five PLO, cent. Two cent, five cent. All right. PLO. And this is his first hand of the session. So he's actually posted the five cents from the cutoff. Okay. So he's paying his way in there rather than waiting for the blinds. He bought in for $5. Okay. Our first hand of the session is the king of hearts, nine of clubs, nine of spades, six of diamonds. All right. Under king the gun. Of hearts, nine of clubs, nine of spades. Six of diamonds. Yes. All right. Under the gun folds and middle position who has a dollar seventy three in his stack limps for the nickel. Okay. And then it folds to us. 
All so right, what do you so want to do with is, that? I guess as I'm looking at this, um, you know, King of Hearts. I've got the two nines firsthand. I, I'm I'm probably going to check. Okay. I mean, I it, think, it's a good start, but I don't think it's a great start. So I'm going with a check. Uh, I don't even think it's a good start. I mean, it's a check is great. Uh, <laughs> okay. I, I'm so glad that if anybody would have put a raise in here, I probably would have folded it. I mean, you've got a you got a pair of nines. You're just hoping that you do something with that. I don't know that I would – I don't want to do much more than check. So yeah. I almost wish somebody would have raised so I could fold. <laughs> <laughs> um, but as it is, we're kind of stuck playing the hand. So Matt says his decision was to check. And he says, I can't see the point to raising given the cards in hand. Happy to fold if raised by someone. But to my happiness – the button, who has $4.80 in their stack, calls the small blind with 366 calls, and the big blind checks. And they have 371. So, so we've got button, small, big, middle, and us. Is that right? Uh, yep. Okay. So the, the, so the pot is $0.30. Cents, okay. And the flop comes, the king of spades, six of clubs, Five of spades. All right. King of spades. Six of clubs. Five of spades. So we pair of sixes. Pair of kings. All right. Well, now I'm feeling a little bit better about my hand. Right. Yeah. Two pairs. Nice. But it's still yeah, king, a king. little scary. It, it can is. be anyway. Uh, it's checked. It. It's checked to the middle position who bets 24 cents. So there's 30 well, in the pot and he bets 24. So he's feeling pretty good about himself. Um, I, I yeah, you're right. There's definitely the opening for a straight draw there. There's definitely opening for a spade. I like my two pair still a little bit. I, I'm gonna call that. Okay. Yeah, I think that's what I would do. I'm certainly not raising, right? No, you can't go over the top on that one. Not that early. With so I think a call is perfect. Uh, definitely don't want to get re-raised if we put more in there. So yeah, and I think a fold is too weak. Also. I don't think you can fold the two pair at this point. I, I've got to see one more street. So yeah, I agree. Right. So Matt also oh. calls. Okay. He says, being honest, I am so close to folding. <laughs> <laughs> Lots can go wrong and I'm drawing dead if someone has pocket kings. That said, I feel with top two, my late position and the passiveness pre-flop, I can take a cheap call on the chance of seeing a turn. Feels loose, and I will happily fold if it's raised. I don't think it's too loose. I really don't. I think a call is is fine. I don't, I certainly don't want to let the hand go yet. Like Matt said, in a, in late position, I think a call is fine for sure. Yeah. But you know, be be leery when we get to the next card here, right? Yeah. So the button folds. The small blind and big blind both call. The pot is $1.15, and the turn is the Ace of Diamonds, making the board the King of Spades, Six of Clubs, Five of Spades, Ace of Diamonds. Now it's checked to us. It's checked to us. Yeah, I got to tell you, that, that doesn't help me at all, and it just opens up Pandora's box of things that could hurt me. 
I know it's going to sound weak, but I, I check as well. I, I don't want to play. I don't want to put any in. I mean, I, I like kings and nines, but I mean, if if anyone had an ace in hand, any two pair with aces and some whatever it takes me down. Right? We've got ki- we've got kings and sixes though. We've got. Oh, I, I can only use two cards. See, here's where the novice comes in, Joe. <laughs> I'm like, well, I've got nines in my hand. What do you mean? So kings and sixes, yeah. Yeah, I'm still yeah, I'm checking. So I don't know how you feel about that. I think you can make a case for trying to get to heads up, but really I feel like then you're really just setting yourselves up setting yourself up for disaster. Yeah, I think I think we probably have to check there. If we were up against, you know, two players and not three, maybe we could try to make some kind of move, but I think a check is fine. And it looks like that's what Matt does too. Says, I check. I've now only got middle two pair. There's still a flush draw along with a number of straight draws. Yep. So I don't see the point to betting as it's too hard to push all three opponents out. Exactly. Uh, Yeah, I completely agree. That's, you know, he's spot on. So far, our guys, our guys played it well. Yeah, I think Matt's done a great job. The pot is a dollar fifteen still, and the river is the nine of hearts. So now, king of spades, six of clubs, five of spades, ace of diamonds, nine of hearts. Checks around to you, and so what I'm you tell us: king of hearts, nine of clubs, nine of spades, six of diamonds. So you've got trips. I got trips. What do you do with that? Well, now we're gonna bet a little bit. We're gonna. <laughs> I um, I'm trying to think of a number that does it's not too big and but also big enough to. I don't know. I'm probably going in the seventy five cent range. Pots at a dollar fifteen, right? Yeah. So like three quarter amount. Yeah. Is that just just under three quarters? Yeah, I mean, I think I come alive here too. I yeah. don't want to go. I'm same as you. I don't want to go too big. Um, maybe even half pot, but I think three quarters fine. The problem is, as I'm, as I'm talking through this, actually, the problem is that PLO is the type of game where you really have to bet your hand. Uh, you're not going to get as many people coming over the top with less. So if, if you're fine with just getting what you put in the pot, then that's okay, but but don't anticipate them re-raising you. With, with, not, with not much, and then you coming back in and calling them or whatever. I got you. But I think, honestly, I think I'm probably fine with a half, you know, them calling half pot or, or three-quarter pot. I, yeah, I think I mean, that's enough of a bet for me. Yeah. Matt goes full pot. So he, he so, goes $1.15. Yeah. He bets pot. Um, he says, there's every chance the nine gives someone a straight if they have some sort of seven, eight holding. That said, all players have happily checked it out on both the turn and river. I honestly doubt someone with the straight would be checking the river after so much passiveness on the turn. I completely agree with that. You know, that's, and that's kind of what I'm talking about. You, in PLO, people just don't 
you've got to bet your hand because somebody else isn't going to do it for you in this one. Sometimes yeah, in Hold'em... You're losing out a ton of value if you had something and you went check, check. Yeah, a lot of times in Hold'em, you can let someone else bet it. But yeah. that that doesn't happen as much in, in PLO. So he says you'd expect someone with either pocket aces or kings to have raised at an earlier stage as well. My gut says I'm probably good, and with three opponents... I might be able to get a call from someone looking to look me up maybe with like ace king or something like that. Yeah. The small blind calls while the other two fold. Okay. So My trip nines win against a small blind that also hit top two on the flop with king of spades, six of spades. So they were also drawing to on a spade draw. A spade draw. So yeah. I get it. He wins three dollars and thirty four cents. It's a good start for his first hand when he put in five bucks. Oh yeah, absolutely. That's a good start, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Great start, Matt. <laughs> uh, you know, and and looking back at it, I think Matt, you probably did better than I did because I think a full pot bet there is probably better than half pot. Three quarter, I think. So basically what I'm saying is you both outplayed me because I think three quarter probably is better than half and full pot is probably better than half. So good job. Yeah. Matt says the flop was probably a bit too loose. I don't think so. I really don't. It's that's all we did was call there, right? uh, Yeah. uh, That's a couple of times he said that. And I really think that that's the proper way to play it. I don't think, I don't think raising is good there, obviously, but Matt's thinking he probably could have folded there, and I really don't think so. I really don't think a fold in that spot is is good. No, I wouldn't uh, think so. Either. I mean, you've got enough to keep going there. Yeah, I think. I think if I think if someone if someone had bets and bet decent size on um, the turn, then you probably go away. Yeah, that's the that's the spot where they could have gotten us off the hand, right? Yeah. They would have had to have bet a pretty good amount. They would have had to have bet pot or something like that to get me off the hand probably. But I think that Matt played it pretty spot on throughout. Yeah, I, I agree. Good job, Matt. I felt like he did pretty good. And you did well as well. Congratulations on your PLO hand. You never want to, you know... Never want to teach your own whore, but I'll, I'll toot it from time to time. I felt like I played that one pretty good. Yeah, um, considering... it is interesting though too the the mindset that goes into playing online and like us talking about it because playing online, especially for our first hand, I mean, that, it was almost like if you will, Matt playing that hand and us playing that hand was pretty much kind of spot on because we didn't know anything about the rest of them. We hadn't seen how their you know betting goes and stuff like that, so. It's interesting. I wonder how many if if this will spark more online submissions from folks uh, to see you know what the different dynamics are because there's a ton of online poker play out there. Oh, absolutely, yeah. It's just it's such a different mindset because uh, you know you'll have some people that'll think about it as oh it's just a dollar, you know. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, the the play online is is definitely a different style different type of play there's no reading a player there's some tells that you can get from how long it takes them to bet and things like that but 
Yeah. Other than that, but other than that, caveat, the very little online poker that I've done, it took me forever to bet a couple of times because I had a dog that wouldn't leave me alone. So was it that I was sitting here like thinking about it right. or was it? So it's, <laughs> there is a lot. That's a fair point. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost, it's almost <laughs> like the, or at least what I tried to find or what I remembered back to it as, as you and I've, you know, been, been talking so much is, you know, the, the frequency of the, um, you know, how quick the bet is, like you said, or how long it takes. If that's a, if there's a tell on the outside, if there's a trend or just the style of betting, um, you can yeah. start to tell if you've been sitting there for a while, um, which, yeah. you know, up until meeting you, I had no idea. I'm like, you know, I, but now I look at it. So I'm sure other people <laughs> do too. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. If anybody has a hand of the week that they would like Patrick and I to break down, send it to podcast at com. Patrick, I appreciate you jumping on here another week and uh, we'll talk again next week. Sounds good. See you next week. question is how you running on this week's how you running segment i have two of the best in the business they were recently nominated for the poker hall of fame one of them won their first circuit ring earlier this year and the other it's good to see you so <laughs> 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 Lon McCarran and Norman Chad, welcome guys. <laughs> Thank you very much. The first question that I always ask in this segment is always, how you running? Oh yeah. So Lon, since since I already mentioned that you won the circuit ring earlier this year, let's start with you. Start with me, Joe. Why not? Uh yeah. I got uh I had a nice little run in my home casino, Thunder Valley here in California, and won a circuit ring. Um I guess it, it's a half a circuit ring, according to the other guy on the podcast here, because it's a senior event, not an open event, <laughs> but it's technically an open event because we can't deny people who are younger to be in the senior event. So it's a real ring. Um, and then, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I qualified for the Tournament of Champions, World Series of Poker, because of that ring. I cashed in that. I came back to Vegas uh, with Norman to play in the Salute to Warriors event. I cashed in that. Uh, I went to Orleans and final tabled event uh, while I was in Vegas on our day off. Uh, and then uh, last week at back at Thunder Valley for a run good tournament series, I final tabled uh, fourth place yeah. in a uh, Heroes, a.k.a. horse event, which uh, actually raised Norman's eyebrows. I was really happy about that. So I'm running good. Yeah, well, I mean, Norman, you're the mixed game player, so uh, you were excited to see him get into some of those other. Not excited. No. Yeah, well, the only, the last one was the last one was the mixed game he got into, which was the horse heroes event. So he did really good in that. It was a, a pretty tough field of eighteen or twenty players, and <laughs> just plow through them during the course of an hour was pretty impressive because to play the horse. I'm not running as good as Lon. I, I I generally don't look for nursing homes and retirement facilities to play poker. <laughs> yeah, I don't play many terms anyway. I uh, have been running uh, medium. Uh, in my last cast session a few days ago, I lost uh, $1,200 without ever being ahead a dollar. So that's not running real good. So, uh, so yeah, I, uh, I'm uh, running medium at best right now without much uh, tournament uh, play. Well, that's that's all right. It's The year's still young-ish. Um, <laughs> hey, well, this was your 20th year with the WSOP, but 
I know poker is not really the background that you guys came from. So how long have you guys really played poker? Uh, yeah, go ahead, Norm. I've played poker. That's easy because uh, as, as long as I've been on TV doing poker, <laughs> that's, that's my answer. <laughs> uh, uh, I had played longer, but not serious poker. I, I started playing in college, uh, just you know, your basic home games, 25 cents, 50 cents, everything but no limit hold'em, which didn't even really exist uh, when I was in college. And then I had not even walked into a card room. Uh, I moved to Los Angeles uh, in 1992, but did not walk into a card room until 1999. So that was just four years before we started doing the, the World Series of Poker uh, on ESPN. And if I had not walked into that card room, as it turned out, I would not be doing the World Series of Poker uh, when we started in 03. So I'm happy that I walked into play stud eight, and I never played No Limit Hold'em. Uh, and still haven't played No Limit Hold'em in a card room. But uh, I just started playing a before we went on the air. Like I said, you know, it's been 20 years. Yeah, you keep repeating that, okay? <laughs> you can just back off on the it's been okay. 20 years crap. <laughs> What's the, over that time, though, there have been some serious characters that have come through. So what are some of the funniest superstitions that you guys have seen? Oh, I think uh, one of them that I enjoyed and I guess got in the way of the, the tournament directors was when there was a... Uh, we started figuring out what card protectors were, and then that be kind of became a deal. And then we started showing some card protectors, and then it kind of blew up. And for a couple of years, the card protector there were no limits on it, so it was kind of fun to see what people would bring. Then the World Series, I, I think it was a written rule. Correct me, Norman, but they they actually put a size limit on some card protectors, and so and then. Um, and then the the pros started coming out with well card protectors they're just another chance for poker channels oh, really? and so they kind of disappeared and I usually have ten or twenty card protectors with me at all times and some people call it a chip stack but <laughs> uh, yeah you can just use a chip if you want <laughs> for a card protector. <laughs> uh, there, there's a pro I uh, play with a lot in the mixed tournaments uh, by the name of David Singer for a semi pro. And one of his superstitions that he taught me was when you, and I've used it three or four times, when you're running really bad at the table and you're getting low on your chip stack, to get up and walk around the table counterclockwise three times. Uh, so I have tried that. It worked once, has not worked the other two or three times. But uh, that, it makes no sense. There's no rationale to it. But it's just a way to sort of just change your mindset and also get a little exercise, even though it's just walking around the table. So that is something that I recommend to other people. I usually recommend them not, not superstition-wise that if you do take a bad beat or you lose a lot of money, a lot of cash in the hand, just walk away, go to the bathroom, go go outside for a couple of minutes to clear your mind. So this is the equivalent of that. So, Norman, because as Joe mentioned, we've been doing this for 20 years. So at your age, you get busy walking around the table counterclockwise three times in a row. All right, Joe, next question. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> you guys have done this and you've been the ones that people have looked up to. I mean, when you guys started doing it, there wasn't even, you couldn't even see the whole cards, right? So how did you guys, did you have somebody that you looked up to, to try and figure out how to do this? Or were you just kind of making it up as you went along? Oh, how do we do it, Norman? Well, again, that's a, the reason that's a reasonable question is that there was no place to look previously. So there was no blueprint. 
uh, as well as it was for the production right. team that was putting out the main event in 03. They had no real blueprint on how to produce that type of thing. So they built that from the ground up to their credit, 441 Productions. Uh, Lon and I just, you know, Lon had done a little poker beforehand. But as far as the main event type of thing, he hadn't done that. But I had nothing to look at much. So you just kind of go by the seat of your pants and, and go by what seems smart to you and then learn as you go along. And thankfully, it's not like trying to, you know, get a driver's license and driving in traffic when you have no idea what you're doing. Uh, we're not going to hurt anybody out there. We're going to make mistakes. Uh, we're not going to know what we're talking about. We're not going to hurt anybody out there. Right. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, he's absolutely right. There was nobody there. I guess WPT had started around the same time, maybe a little earlier than we did. And uh, yeah, the nomenclature was one of the first things, you know, we get hammered on, you know, back in the old forum days and all. And then we just eventually, you know, you get it to a point where you're making stuff up that's never been said before or terms that, you know, seem right. And you just, you know, you learn as you go. And, you know, apparently after 20 years, you kind of figure it out. <laughs> well, <laughs> along that time, however many years it's been, uh, <laughs> I mean, obviously this year was, was incredible with the, the record breaking main event. Um, but what, what kind of changes have you seen? I mean, obviously seeing the whole cards is different, but production wise and, and things like that, What's been some of the greatest changes there? Yeah, going live, I think, um, for me, uh, when we first did it live, uh, I think we were, we were on ESPN and in the, in the studio, never done it before. There were no computer programs to tell you what the outs were, the percentages were it was just the cards. And, you know, we're trying to guess the outs. Um, and for me, that was terrifying because I was not a, the <laughs> poker pro. So, you know, I had Antonio with me and I had Phil Gatlon and I had other other pros there working. Um, and so, yeah, that for me, I, I'm a guy who likes to be as prepared as I can. And I take a lot of time to be prepared as, as Norman does for the shows. And they're just things you can't prepare for. I remember talking to Phil Helmuth and I mean, obviously he's been around forever and the pros just in a snap know what the outs are. You know, most of the time, sometimes there's some hidden outs. But yeah, going live was a huge huge change when we started doing the shows all of course pre-recorded we could mess up do it again uh but <laughs> live is live you know and forget it once it's out of your mouth it's done so that that was for me the, one of the biggest changes yeah you know, especially on on this uh joe when you go live and you're covering the main event you have a different table every day again it's a different it's a different animal than if you were you know you're going live with an nba game or a pga telecast all the everybody's known you you, you know you've known them for years uh you, you have statistics and, and research on all of them so we're going live generally with seven or eight people and most of them we've never seen before there'll be one or two at the table that might be a big name but you're going you're going live with a group of people who just walked in off the street and so it's just a different element when you don't know who they are and that makes it more difficult, and uh, I don't think as enjoyable as if we can know who we're playing, who, know who we're dealing with, and sort of develop who they are, what their profession is, where they're from, uh, what their personality is. So that's one of the problems with live in a massive, a massive tournament. Uh, you're just dealing with anonymous people who walk in every day to get onto the telecast. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out if it's. It, I assume in the long run, it's good for people in the poker world and i don't know i haven't really talked to norman about this but it but for the 
the live audience is most of the time is going to be streaming. So, and, and a lot of times, what is for Poker Go? It's behind a paywall. Other streams, not so, and not always with Poker Go. So, you're going to get a very active poker audience who is seeking out poker, who's would indicate they know more about poker than the average folks who are on watching ESPN. So, it comes across differently, and and in the the tape. Uh, version of the shows, which we'll be doing soon in a studio down in the LA area. Um, we'll have a lot more info. It's a different style of research. It's a different style of, of broadcasting and it's, it's truncated and everything's, you know, bang, 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 like the old tape shows that we started with. With live, it's like a, a four hour freeform poker talk show, basically. I, and you've, you've always had, like you mentioned, um, you've always had great people there in the booth with you, whether it's the magician or um, Phil Helmuth or, you know, Jamie Kerstetter's done a great job over the years and, and Maria Ho, I love seeing her. It's always like, it's always such a easy conversation with you guys with, when they come in, the chemistry is always great. So do you guys choose who's in the booth with you or is, is that somebody that that's chosen for you? Uh, obviously we don't because I would not have chosen one. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, the, the, uh, the uh, uh, Poker Productions, which which runs it, would as they wouldn't in, in any other sport or game they're they're choosing who the, the announcers are they they might run by names by us this or that but they're the, the, the producers are going to make the choices of who the pro is whether it has been a antonio sfandiari or jamie kerstetter or maria ho and we've actually been very fortunate to uh have people who are you know over the years just very friendly very casual very easy to listen to uh, for the for the audience. Obviously, I mentioned it earlier. This year was record breaking. Do you think this record will last as long as the previous record? What was it? Seventeen years, right? No, no. I think it'll last about eleven months. Right, <laughs> 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 hey, and and the last record would have probably been broken the next year. And it was you know we we had online poker essentially shut down in the U.S. So that's why right. numbers suffered for so many years. So to build it back up here with online poker still not fully healthy, nowhere near fully healthy in the U.S. tells you a little something about the health of the poker industry, uh, both in the U.S. and abroad. So, yeah, this number, we, we I didn't think we'd get over 10,000 this year, but uh, because of the efforts of the World Series of Poker to, to, to get more people there and through working with GG Poker to bring more people there, uh, I think that this number will be threatened every single year. Yeah, absolutely. So... You mentioned online, and there are so many online bracelet events now that are uh, with the World Series aside from the, the live. So now there's a lot of apps out there and that people can practice on. Um, so tell me, how can somebody prepare themselves for the upcoming bracelet events next year? Oh, well, so... I prepare myself with the WSOP free-to-play app. I mean, it's pretty cool. I mean, it, it, we've, we've seen several top pros have joined the stable. Um, I just saw today uh, Vanessa Selps posted something on there. She's back to work in, in New York at a hedge fund or something like that. And she's admitting she's playing <laughs> the, the free-to-play <laughs> app while she's at work. So, okay. Patrick Antonius come out of the – the shadows to, to rejoin the world series world. We've got, you know, rampage on the thrill team as well. So they, I mean, you know, rampage was the guy who started playing poker on the, on the 
you know, WSOP free to play app. So um, I guess it's doing something right. So it's nice to have those kind of players, yeah. um, you know, being part of the WSOP team. So yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. The, the app, and I tell you, the app's realistic. I can't win on the app either, even though it's free. <laughs> but it is a great practice tool and uh, you know it, it is free to play you're not at risk for anything and the thrill team's been a great addition a lot of mentioned a lot of the players uh the pros who are on the thrill team and and ethan yao rampage along with samantha abernathy as lon mentioned they both started to play on the wsop free to play app uh which has been around now for about 10 years um it's easy to download millions have downloaded it and it's just a lot of fun. And you can just fire it up at, you know, seven in the morning, seven at night. Uh, I do it a lot, you know, when you're in bed and uh, nobody else is in bed with you. Thank you very much, Tony. Or I'm out. But then, and it's just a lot of fun to, to play the, the free to play app. And if, 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 yeah. if you poke around enough on there, you'll see a little, uh, it's like a diploma, what do you call it, the mortar board, you know, graduate hat or something like that. There's a yeah, WSOP yeah. Academy on the site, you can see some, if you're just getting started, uh, Norman and I did a whole bunch of videos on there. And we had some great producers on there, very creative, and there's some fun stuff on there. Little clips, a minute long or, or less, to uh, give an insight on how to get started on the game and uh, make us look like fools at the same time, which we seem to be <laughs> able to do without any help. <laughs> That's awesome, I will check that out, uh, prepare myself. Last question. Oh yeah, I had a question guys. for you. I uh, no, before you get oh, that, yeah. how are you running? How are you running, Joe? <laughs> so I, I'm running pretty well. I mean, I've taken over Annie up in uh, November of last year. I'm ecstatic with that. But uh, as far as my poker playing goes, it's funny because since taking over a poker media company, I've played less poker than I've ever played in my life. <laughs> That's probably a lot of yeah. guys. That's going to hurt our poker economy. If you're not dumping money into the uh, poker That's... economy, Joe, you know, we're going to need you. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> All right, so last question for you guys. I'm going in September to commentate on my first live stream. So never done it before. What pointers do you have for me? Uh, yeah, don't be in a hurry to say anything. Uh, when I first started, I, I felt I had to make sure I uh, saw that card come down, whatever street it was, and it could immediately tell what everybody has and what the outs were and all like that. I was wrong like 80% of the time. Now I've <laughs> cut that down to 40% of the time, and I'm really happier in my life. Uh, just take time. <laughs> Uh, make it a conversation. It's not a, it's not a rush. I mean, most of the fans are watching the cards and what come down and figure it out in their head. They're barely listening to what you're saying. So that's a bonus right there. So just take your time and relax and, and enjoy it. And don't be afraid to be yourself. Really just be yourself and be happy. I think Perfect. think twice about being himself. I've seen a little glimpse of him here. Oh yeah. Well, that's <laughs> <laughs> somebody else. But other than that, uh, lots correct. And, you know, live streams, by the way, they, you know, they're, it's they're They take forever. Uh, so there's, again, there's no rush to, to say everything you need to say in the first 15 minutes. It is just be casual, have a good time with whoever you're with, if you're with somebody else and you don't have to fill up, uh, every inch of broadcast waves with talk. Uh, just, you know, it, it's, it just comes to just let the thing come to you and it'll come to you. All right. So I need to pretend 
that I'm you, Norman? That's not a good idea. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you can find, if there's still a yellow or white pages somewhere out there, just open it up and randomly pick a name and say, today, you know, I'm going to be, you know, Robert McLehaney. And, uh, <laughs> well, guys, I really appreciate you being on here with me for this. Uh, I had a lot of fun. I hope you did too. And I hope that I see you guys before next summer. Where's your stream going to be, by the way? What stream are you doing? So it's at the Windy City Poker Championship. Uh, we have an auxiliary Annie at Poker Stop there. Uh, shout out to Kirk and, and Jason and everybody oh, there. Cool. Okay, so. good luck. Yeah, thank you. I'm looking so forward just to it. So you know, we'll be watching every second of it. And so when you're on the mic, just think of me and Norman watching you and helping you and then critiquing every word. Okay. All right. Sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks, guys. Thank you, Joe. Appreciate it. Good luck. Thank you, Joe. Thank you very much. It's time for Joe's One Outer. Someone asked me the other day if I think poker is a stressful game or a game I play to relax. The funny thing is, I didn't really have a good answer for them. For me, it was C, all of the above. I mean, most of the time I play for fun, but is there stress in the game? Absolutely. Can it impact your play? You bet it can. <laughs> stress affects the body, the brain, and our decision-making ability. And one of the most common causes of stress is frustration. You know, your last couple of bluffs were snap called and your C-bet got raised for the fifth time or you missed out on yet another draw. Enough of this and your adrenaline levels climb and thought processes head for the toilet. <laughs> Missing a dozen draws in a row will send anyone's blood pressure up a bit. But poker, by its very nature, requires that we take risks. Risk involves stress, and we all manage our stress differently. If you play poker, you can't avoid stress. In fact, you don't want to. You want to understand it, control it, and keep it at a low level. The easiest way to do this is to stay within your comfort zone. There are times when stress has been an important motivator. I mean, we've all heard stories of parents ripping open doors from flaming cars to rescue their children. When the emotional levels get high enough, they can spur us on to do the most incredible things. On the other hand, do you want someone in that same state doing brain surgery on you? <laughs> Hard pass. And vice versa. The calm, relaxed demeanor of the surgeon isn't worth much when a flaming wreck at an intersection. So what's the advice here? Well, do you remember Goldilocks? She tried all the things out and found this porridge was too hot and this porridge was too cold, but the last one was just right. If you're on an adrenaline rush, your thinking's going to be terrible. But also, if you sit there like a nit refusing to get involved, then you're lacking the appropriate aggression. So, remember the next time you unrack your chips and you look around at the table at all the bears wanting your chips, remember to be Goldilocks. Stress shouldn't be too hot. Adrenaline shouldn't be too cold. But if you're energized, alert, 
and mentally focused, you'll be just right. That's today's One Outer, and that's today's show. I'll see you next week, A-Team. And until then, I'll see you at the tables. The Annie Up Podcast is a production of AnnieUpMagazine.com. Contact the show at podcast at AnnieUpMagazine.com or call the show at 540-339-7741. If you'd like to advertise, send an email to editor at AnnieUpMagazine.com. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.